I need your practice with this anyway, right? So I'm Tracy Shaylin, for anyone who doesn't know me. Um, I teach in the English department here at Southwestern College. I've been here with Brad for uh, almost 20 years. And I um, have been teaching online for around 10. And I'm also working with At One, which is the California Community College Systems Training Center for online teaching. Um, I've been doing some workshops around the state, and actually this is one of them that I've been doing, so I'm happy to bring it home. Uh, and I'm also involved with the practicum for certification. So if you decide to go through the certification program, uh, I will see you at the end of that process. Um, and then the other uh, piece of, of my job at the moment is working for the Online Education Initiative. And uh, I'm working in the professional development wing of the OEI. So I'm involved in helping faculty members prepare their courses and revise their courses to be included in the initiative and to be offered throughout the CCC system. So, and actually if you want to learn more about that, the workshop right here uh, that I'm doing in April, April 23rd at 11, is about the Online Education Initiative. And it's actually focusing on how you can use the OEI rubric to review your course and look for places that you could improve it. So even if you're not submitting a course to the OEI, which our college is not, we're not part of the pilot, but you can use the same rubric to evaluate your course and see how you can make it better, which I have been doing with my courses. So even though I am looking at other uh, people's classes, I'm looking at the rubric and saying, oh, I don't really have that in my class yet. So this has definitely improved my teaching too. Right, right now, here we go. Oh, wrong way. <laughs> okay, there we go. So what I want to focus today, uh, or on today, is video. Uh, as part of my classes with OEI, or with that one, I uh, was taking them entirely online. And they were in things like designing a class, creating online assessments, and there's a series of five in total. And what I found when I was a student in these online courses is the instructors who spoke to me through video were the ones I remembered. The other ones faded very quickly. And this is from someone who's a very motivated learner and wants to retain all of this information, but I found those classes fading away. The content faded away. The name of the person who taught the class faded away. I wasn't retaining it. The people who used video had my attention. I felt like I knew them. I felt like we had this conversation, even though it was just one-way video that I was watching. And I, I knew that these videos were being placed in the class for everyone to use, but it felt like they were talking to me. And so that was this aha moment, like in The Wizard of Oz, where everything turns color. That was how it was. Wow, I have to do this for my students, too. I'm really involved with my students, but up until this point, it was all in text. And I had not really realized what else I could be doing. So thus began my adventures in video. video. So what I want to do today, since we only have 50 minutes, is kind of give you an overview of where video, uh, where video can be used effectively in the classroom. Come on in. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the classroom research that I've done with my students to see how they're responding, to make sure it wasn't just me who, who was reacting this way to videos. And then also to talk a little bit about how to create videos, where to get started. How many people have gotten started in whatever way, have started making videos for students? Bravo, bravo. So that's where 
I was, uh, it was two years ago now, and as soon as I started, I, I got addicted quickly, and I started Sipping. making lots and lots of them, and that's where I, I really started realizing which videos were the best use of my time, which ones really impacted the students the most, so that's part of what I want to share with you today. And also just give you some starting places. Um, we all have computers in front of us, but in one hour we won't actually be able to make any videos or, or do much that's hands-on, but you'll be able to access your virtual good bag. And um, I can, if we have time at the end, uh, we can go to YouTube and I can show you how to upload, how to caption, and things like that. So, we're gonna get as much as we possibly can done in the 50 minutes that we have, but your virtual goodie bag will have complete videos for each one that I show up here. We'll watch a minute maybe, and then you can watch the rest of it uh, as many times as you want to from your virtual goodie bag. Are you using YouTube? Yes, because Blackboard uh, connects right into YouTube. So one, some of the ones that I'll show you use what's called Video Everywhere in Blackboard. And so when you go into Blackboard to make a video, it connects to YouTube, it asks you for your account information, it connects you in, and then everything that you make in Blackboard is housed in YouTube and bounced back into Blackboard. So you only need to do it from Blackboard, but if, as long as you have a YouTube account, it works kind of behind the scenes. How do you get above the 10 minute limit? Oh, you don't want to go above the 10 minute limit. Because what will happen to your students? Exactly. <laughs> They've got maybe five minutes max. And then they're going to go check Facebook. Then they're going to go check their email. They're going to lose them. Can only people in your Blackboard class see it? Um, yes, I can show you at the end how to set that too. So um, YouTube has three settings. Public, for the whole world to see. Private, which means only you can see it. And unlisted, which is the one that you want to choose. Unlisted means it doesn't show up anywhere. Nobody can see it unless you have given them the access to it. Either it's embedded in Blackboard and they just click directly from Blackboard, or if you gave somebody the link, then they could see it. So that's the that's how all, almost all of my videos are. I've made a couple public just for demonstration purposes to show people some samples, but anything that is just for my students, I keep unlisted. So in my YouTube account, I have 400 videos right now. And only five of them, I think, are public. So there's a lot more behind the scenes there. And you'll get a sense of what kinds of videos I have a lot of as we go through here. So first, um, I just wanted to share with you this long way. I'm going to do this the whole time right So I wanted to share with you a little bit about why I like to make videos. And I thought the best way to share that with you is to get some students in here. So I wanted to just share a couple of quotes with you from, from my students recently. This one is from last spring. These are actual student quotes. Uh, this person said, when the students in an online course get to actually see and interact with the instructor, the learning environment becomes more supportive and the instructor becomes more approachable. And I've definitely found this to, to be true with the majority of the students. They feel more comfortable contacting me because they've seen me, they've heard me, they feel like we've had a conversation. I'm not just the name on the syllabus. So uh, I found that when they contact me, they're more comfortable, they're a little less formal, they're a little less anxious, and we can get right down to what they need to talk about. Here's another one. Video feels like you are interacting with the teacher rather than seeing a bunch of text. Sometimes it's very hard to interpret plain text. Her facial expressions tell me more than text would ever tell me. This is perfect. This is exactly what I was hoping for. Because think about it, I, I teach writing. So my class and I teach a full load of writing courses and most of them I do online. So writing students, really anyone who's submitting some writing for a grade, gets a little anxious, right? So this person is submitting this, not sure how it's gonna go, they're a little protective of the writing, 
And so when we're giving feedback, in our minds, we're being helpful. We're being constructive. But how they read that text-only comment could be totally different than what we meant. It's easy to misinterpret text. But if I am telling this person my suggestions for her paper with a smile on my face, and she can see how interested I am in her ideas, then she actually can listen. Right? She's over that hurdle of, of wondering if she's going to be attacked and criticized. And she can really listen to what I'm saying. So I found that giving comments to students about their writing a video is far, far better than it is in text. And it makes our relationship much more productive, too. And then, let's see if this will work here. I thought I'd let you hear from a couple students, too. Especially with the reading that we're already assigned. 
I think when we get to hear people um, or see people, it it like reactivates our brain to like keep going, keep thinking about what's what's happening. So do you do your discussion points? Really keep things fresh. It makes feel less like you know my class, if you know what I'm saying. Because you get to distinguish the faces and you get to hear people's voices. So it's almost akin to being in a real classroom situation. So these two comments I chose because they're fairly representative of what I hear from students. Um, the first one that Classes are already text-heavy. Face-to-face classes are text-heavy, right? But then when we go into an online environment, we're adding text on top of text, and that, that is a lot of text. So it, it really, as she says, kind of re-energizes you. It gives you a chance to learn in a different way, to tap into different learning styles. And then the second one about how it makes it feel more like an actual class, I get that a lot. This feels like a real class. Well, it wasn't fake before the video, but I think what they're getting at is it feels more interactive like a classroom environment. So the things that online-only students miss about the classroom environment, that engagement, that active learning, that can happen when you bring video into this text-only environment. Okay. Is it mandatory for the students to upload the well, that would be up to you. In, in my classes, uh, the two comments you just heard there are through software called VoiceThread, which is outside of Blackboard. It's a third-party tool that I use. And I, they have three options in VoiceThread. They can leave text, audio only, or video comments. So I give them options. But uh, in the beginning, in our icebreaker activities, the ones that use audio and video are much more fun. And so they want to try it. And then once they try it, then they think, oh, this is actually better than just typing more like I did on the discussion board. And then I have a really nice mix all semester through. Because they, they find that they're, they're kind of hungry for this, that, that typing gets boring. And if they can talk about their ideas, some people can talk through their ideas much better than they can write them anyway. So I, I give them extra credit opportunities also that involve um, video. So for example, um, if we're studying, if we're doing an ad analysis, they'll get extra credit if they show an ad um, using their webcam and they talk about it. So voice, voice thread is a, a topic for another workshop probably, but you can see how they, both of them chose to leave video and audio comments because they could express themselves better and in more detail than they probably would if they were only typing. Okay, well, I'm doing so, so does Blackboard have a functional equivalent, or do they have to go to Palisade? Um, Blackboard has something called Video Everywhere that lets you or students embed video into the Blackboard. So they can put a video right into a discussion. You can put it right into an announcement or into a content area. Um, VoiceThread can be embedded into Blackboard as well, but it's separate from Blackboard. So it's, it, it's embeddable, so Blackboard plays nicely with it but um, you won't find it within Blackboard. Okay, so some different uses for video. What I thought I would do, rather than show you video clips like this up here, is actually take you out and let you see some videos so you can see how they're being used. And so I'm gonna pop out of this for a minute. And one place that I wanted to take you first, actually, is into Blackboard. So one way that you can bring video into Blackboard is through announcements. You can see down here, it looks just like this when you embed it into Blackboard. So instead of seeing text, or maybe after a little bit of text, they'll see the famous YouTube 
play button right there. And the YouTube generation is well trained to click play as soon as they see this, right? It makes a huge difference if, if you do this versus include a link. Because if you include a link, I know it's only one extra step, but how many students are going to say, oh, I'll get to that later? Versus if you actually see this, you're, you're just tempted, right? You're tempted to click, to, to uh, click play. And then once I do, then I've got them hooked. As long as I keep it short, I keep all my videos under five minutes so that they can watch this and not feel like they're, they're taking too much time or getting off track from what they need to do. So if I have several different things I want to say, I'll break it up into several different videos and I'll spread them out a little bit so that they don't get video overload. So here's a sample video announcement. Hi everybody, I know this is a busy time of the semester and the heat has not helped, so I just wanted to give you a virtual high five for all the hard work you've put in so far. You are almost there with your first essay, it is due on Saturday, and let me give you an early congratulations. Remember that this is your chance to apply what you have learned about making inferences and... Uh, and that's where I go into my little content reminder, so I, I give them a little... You're reading off the screen. Um, I, we'll get to that. Um, that's actually the easiest way to do it, is to have a transcript and you're reading from it. As long as you put it up where your eye, the eye level or where your webcam is, um, then, then it looks like you're looking into the webcam and you actually can read your, your transcript. Yeah, so I had written out what I wanted to say. In fact, in previous semesters, that had been what I said in text. So I already had it. I already had an idea of what I wanted to say. Of course, I added things like the virtual high five. That wouldn't make sense in a text-only environment. But I already had what I wanted to say, so that became my transcript when I made the video. So this sort of thing is quick, it's easy, it doesn't take very long. You can do it from within Blackboard. Um, when we're done, I'll walk you through how, how that looks. But this is the easiest kind of video to make. And just imagine if you're a student in that class. You have a paper coming up, you're nervous about it, you're exhausted, you're wondering if you're ever going to finish it, and then you get a virtual high five and you think, okay, I can do this. So I think before I was a student, I underestimated just how motivating this kind of thing was. And, and it worked so well for me that, that I decided I wanted to make sure that I had some of these for my students too. Okay, so let me um, bring you over to our virtual goodie bag, which is where the rest of the videos are going to be housed so that we're not clicking all around Blackboard here. I just wanted to show you one of them so you can see what it looks like in place in Blackboard. So what I've put together is a collection of the videos that we're going to be going over today, as well as some resources for things like how to um, use the Blackboard everywhere, how to caption in YouTube, things like that. And I put them all together in an online private space that I'm going to give you the, the access for right now. So it's not open on the internet, but if you write this down, then you can access it. I'm going to keep it open indefinitely. And it's using something called TAC. And it has a fairly short address. You can see that up there. It is tap.com. Then you have the backslash. And then the code for this tap is 14. Actually, is that a 1 or an L? I think it's an L. L4MVTQ. And go ahead and load it up since you have a computer in front of you. But have it written down somewhere so that you can access it at home, too. Uh, you don't oh. caption your announcement videos. That's a good question. Um, I caption anything that I'm going to use for the whole class and that I'm going to use more than once. 
So the guidelines are if you have something that is course content, that's part of your course, it needs to be captioned. And if it's something individual, like feedback I'm giving to one student who I know does not need captioning and has not requested it, then I won't caption it. So it kind of it depends on what the thing is. But captioning with, with YouTube is actually really easy. It doesn't take much time. So um, I, even if I only plan on using something once, I usually will caption it anyway. Because a lot of students like that convenience. If they're, you know, if they're working in a quiet environment, they have a baby sleeping, and they can't have any noise, they can still watch the videos and just use captioning. Um, English language learners really like captioning too because they can see the words and hear it. So it's just a really good practice in general. Okay, so are you guys there? Did you find it? So if you scroll down through this, you'll see that I have a list of resources here. And we'll kind of move through the list. I'll, I'll walk you through a little bit of it. Um, so there's the announcement that I just played for you. So if you wanted to watch the whole thing, you could. Um, right above that, go ahead and click on that link to the instructor website. This is another place I use video. This is actually the first video I ever made. So that button that says click here to go to the instructor website takes you here. And this is something that I made with Google Sites. And it's a place where students who are not yet enrolled in the class can go. Uh, if they're curious about my classes, how they're taught, if they want to see a copy of the syllabus, if they're waitlisted, because waitlisted students don't get access to our courses until they get in the course. And by then, sometimes it's, it's rather late. So I will send them here. Um, in my areas over here, I've got a section for each of the classes that I teach online. And it has a syllabus and some other information. Uh, I'll take you to one of them just to show you. So for the World Literature Series, I actually put a video there. This is with a tool called Animoto. Really easy to use. There are free instructor accounts. And look what this can do. I want you to know, this isn't me doing it. This is Animoto. All I did was plug in the images and the text. And look what happened.
So it's very easy to put that together, right? But it's a much uh, more exciting way than using, say, the, the PowerPoint that has all these images in it that the textbook publishers provide. So by taking those images, putting them here, adding my text, they're, they're templates that are pre-made. They have the music attached to them. They have the theme already set up. There are lots of them to choose from, and you can make something like that. So these are great for on-ground classes, too. So that one is called Animoto, which you'll actually see at the end of the video. There it is. Animoto. So that's a great video tool that doesn't require a webcam, doesn't require YouTube. You just make it on the site. And then you grab the embed code and put it wherever you want. You can put it in your class as well. <coughs> shows a little bit, uh, but I also did a little video that welcomes people to my website. Hi, I'm Tracy Shalin, and I teach writing and literature at Southwestern College. I've designed this website to help my students get more familiar with online learning and with my courses. So then I just kind of talk about what they can find here and invite them to explore and so on. So if somebody's trying to decide which class to take or if they should sign up for a class, Sometimes when they're online students, they don't have friends that they can ask. They don't have a really good resource, right? They have a great my professor. That's not really very thorough or, or very interactive. And so this can give them a, a sense of who I am and what my teaching philosophy is and um, answers to questions they might have. And so when students email a week before the semester begins or the day the semester begins with all those enrollment questions and first week questions, instead of individually typing out answers to each one of them, I can actually refer them to my website. They'll watch this, then they can see on the side which one they should click on, and they'll see all of the commonly asked questions there. So this was a this is a great summer project. If it sounds interesting to you. Uh, one other place, and then I'm going to move into the ones that are in Blackboard. Uh, I recently put my syllabus online because the syllabus is just kind of well, it's a very text-heavy document, right? There's a lot in there. A lot of students don't read it very carefully. In an on-ground class, you can walk your students through the important parts, but in an online class, that's a little more difficult. So I decided to make mine a multimedia syllabus, and that let me actually put video into my syllabus, which spiced it up a little bit. And I used the same program TAP that we are working on right now. So this is what my online syllabus looks like. This is the, for the current semester. So I was able to put some images in there, in there and then I actually can even talk about where I took that picture to help them get to know me a little bit better. I have all the standard things you would find in a syllabus here, but I also can put in a welcome video. Hi there, welcome to English 116. I'm Tracy Shalin and I will be your instructor for this online course. This semester we're going to be polishing your critical thinking and your writing skills. And we are going to read some really interesting and entertaining stories along the way from Flannery O'Connor and T.C. Boyle. Both of these books are available in the print version as well as ebook editions. Our critical thinking book is Writing Logically, Thinking Critically, 7th edition. Be sure to get this edition with this cover first. So what does that help me do? Mm -hmm. How many students get the wrong edition of a book because the publishers put out a new edition every year? Yeah. Okay. The visual helps them see that they have the right one. 
So this video is actually one of my longer videos. It's uh, two and a half minutes, and I just kind of walk them through some things that they need to know about the class. I set my expectations. I let them know what kind of technology they're going to be using, and I actually show them in the video a little bit. I have a fun semester in store for you. You will get to play around with new technology, apply what you learn to real-world situations, and work with your classmates to help each other strengthen writing skills. As you will discover through this course, I love teaching, and I love teaching online. I take my job very seriously, and I will work hard to help you improve this semester. And I expect you to do the same. If you are, so then I kind of move into the expectations for the students so that from the very beginning they have a really clear sense of what the class is going to be like, what tools we're going to use, and what I'm going to give them as well as what I expect them to give in return. So that um, coupled with all of the, the buttons that you can put in here makes it a really nice vehicle for a syllabus. So I can link them to where they can buy our books. Uh, to my office hours, to my website, uh, or to my email, I should say. Um, I can discuss assignments and then give them resources to learn more about some of the tools that we'll be using. And then at the very bottom of this, I also give them a text-only copy of the syllabus, and I put both in Blackboard. So if they prefer a text-only, if they want to print it out, they can do that, but they have the multimedia too. Uh, research has shown that more and more students are using mobile devices exclusively for their online classes. So this is a much more user-friendly version than a PDF that they'd be looking at on a phone. Okay, going back to our goodie bag here. <clears throat> this is the one that I sent out with the emails. Did you guys see it? You already watched it. Uh, this, this is the kind of thing that a lot of people think of when they think of adding video to a class. So I don't do these every week because I do teach a full load and I, I wouldn't have time. But I sprinkle them throughout the semester. So this is an introduction to a new week of content in our class. And I try to do these, I have maybe, I think, three or four during my semester. So I'm not doing it every single week. In fact, I want it to be a special thing, so I don't want to do it too often. But uh, for week two, for example, after they survive week one, I'll give them something like this. And this is as an announcement. Congratulations! You made it to week two. I know the first week of the semester is challenging, but you survived. Now that you know your way around our course, it's time to get to work. So then I walk them through how to navigate our go to weekly materials to find this week's folder. And this is screencasting, I'm just recording what's on my screen. This week, we will dive into our critical thinking book, Writing Logically, Thinking Critically. You will review the writing process and learn about inferences, facts, and judgments. Be sure to spend some time with the online booklet in this week's materials. One thing I noticed, uh, earlier is that they were passing this by as they were going through the course materials and in Blackboard you can track what they see and when and how many people saw it and I noticed that a significant portion of people were not going through this booklet that I have set up. I'm calling it a booklet but it's a module in Blackboard. It's a, it's a learning uh, uh, unit and so in here are five or six pages of content for the class. 
And so if they were skipping it, I could see that. And so in this video, I decided to spotlight it. So they're really paying attention to it and I'm promoting it for them. And then the number of people who clicked on that early in the week went way up. So I can use this to situate them in the new week, but also to emphasize things that I, that I really want to make sure they don't miss. So this video goes on and kind of walks them through what they'll be doing, gives them a preview of what it, what it will look like, and then they proceed through the rest of the week. So I'll, I'll do these, like I said, every couple of weeks. And I'll try to alternate that with content introductions. So how many of you use PowerPoint presentations in your online classes? So what's great about them? So it's easy. It's something different. It's not just text only, right? What's not so great about them? They can, they can be boring because you're not there to walk them through it, right? In the classroom, you would be there guiding them through the content, the images, making it more of a presentation. The PowerPoint by itself is flat. So video lets you put yourself back in there. So video is a great way to use a PowerPoint more effectively. So what I'm gonna show you here is actually using a PowerPoint as the background. <laughs> so this first slide you see here, this is the cover slide of this PowerPoint presentation that I have. This is for a worldly class when we're beginning a new unit of study in modernism. And I'll just show you a minute or so of what it looks like in video form. Welcome to a new week. As we read works of modernism over the next two weeks, think about how this literary movement developed. How was it a response to a world at war? By the way, I was lucky enough to see La Guernica in Madrid, and I can tell you that it is huge. The scene is almost overwhelming in person. Another thing to consider, how does modernism fit with realism, the major movement that came before it? Does it further realism's interests and goals, or does it refute them? Here is, okay, so I'll pause it right there. So what do you notice about how I'm using these slides? You disappeared. I disappeared, right, because I want them to see that I'm there with them, but I don't want them looking at me anymore. Now I want them to look at the images, right? So I pop in at the beginning to talk to them, then I disappear, and I come back in again at the end. They hear me throughout, but they're able to focus on what I'm trying to show them. And notice what I'm showing them. It's not a lot of text, right? Because what happens if I'm telling them about this, and I'm asking them these questions to think about, but I also have text up here? Yeah, it's not easy. It's cognitive overload to do both at the same time, right? They're trying to listen to me. They're trying to read it. So what I do with my PowerPoint slides is I make them image-based. And then I am explaining everything. And these are captioned, although you're not seeing it right now. If I click on it, you'll see that these are captioned. So that my words are there if they need them. If they want to go through it again and, and see the words, they can. But what I'm doing is, have, is, is inviting them to look at these images, to think about how they connect with course concepts. So they're hearing my voice and paying attention to what they're seeing, and that helps, helps them see what I want them to see in these images. 
So PowerPoint is a great way to use video, but you just have to be aware of some of those things. If you take a PowerPoint that you're already using in the classroom that has a lot of text on it, you need to adjust it a little bit. You need to take a lot of that text out and just plan on making that like your transcript. That's what you will tell people. And then you can show them something while you're telling them. Uh, and the, uh, do you have to type in all the, uh, the, the, the Captions? subtitles? Yes. Um, there are two ways you can do that. One is you can type it up as a transcript, which is what I do. So I figure out what I want to tell people and I type it up. And again, in a text-only environment, I probably already wrote this. So I have that, and I print it up, and that's what I read from as I'm doing the video. And when I'm done, I just take that text, and I copy and paste it into a box in YouTube, and YouTube syncs it up with my voice. So it's a very easy way to get captions in there. You also could let YouTube try to figure out what you're saying, but what YouTube comes up with can be amusing to obscene. <laughs> Try it. It's very entertaining. It's not very accurate. So the way, the, the most time-saving way to do this, I have found, is to make the transcript first and then put it into YouTube. The side benefit of that is what I say is much better if it's a transcript. I don't have a lot of ums and okays, and I don't get off track and wander around because I'm focused on what I need to say. I've already thought ahead of time about what I need to say, and it lets me focus on the tone of voice that I'm using. It lets me emphasize things because I'm not thinking of the ideas at the same time that I'm communicating them to the students. So I have, even though I resisted in the beginning, I thought, I don't have time to type up a transcript yet. I don't have time for that. But I did a few without it, and I had to do so much editing and so much reshooting because I had places where I just, it wasn't good, that I went to using a transcript, and it's a much Kind of like what I tell my students if they try to write a paper without an outline and they don't know what they want to say. It rambles and they have to do a lot more fixing when they're done. But if they have an outline they're following, writing the paper is faster. So, taking my own medicine. Okay, one other kind of video that is really great for any class is a course tour. So, a course tour <laughs> is a way for you to introduce your students to your particular course. Because a lot of our students are taking multiple classes online and they're all structured differently. So in my class, I have this course menu. But in your class, you might not call your content weekly materials. You might call it content. You might call it lectures. So students have a lot to keep track of. They have to try to remember what the course looks like and how to navigate it for each one that they're taking. So Yes, eventually they'll get the hang of it, but in the first few weeks it can feel a little overwhelming and that's when students can drop. So in the very beginning, one of the first things that they do is they take a course tour. So that I'm showing them how the class works, because it's visual, they'll remember it better. So they're getting audio and visual as I show them around, and then they don't have as many questions about how to find things. And I have to tell you that the number of frantic emails I have gotten from students is down probably 90% since I started doing this. So you know these, these emails, right? Where do I find the quiz? I can't find the quiz. It's due in two minutes. Where do I find the quiz? And then when we don't answer, because it's almost midnight and we're asleep, then we get another one. Where are you? I need to take the quiz. I only have one minute left. I don't get those anymore. I don't have to deal with that in the morning, because they already know. I've already shown them where to find everything. So let me show you what that looks like. Classroom. Be sure to stay with the group and 
course menu, I notice that most of you don't have faces. Do you see how the small image of me appears next to my name? This will also appear in our discussions. If you're feeling a little gray, here's what to do. Click on your name. Click on settings. And then personal information. Then click personalize my settings and upload an image from your computer. You'll be feeling more colorful in no time. By the way, this global navigation menu is pretty nifty. You can easily access your courses, see a snapshot of your Blackboard life as it stands, and use Blackboard's newly revised calendar. So I'll pause it right there. So two things that I want to emphasize with that video. The first one is, when I was walking them through how to put their image into Blackboard, did you notice how many steps that is? That's a hassle, that's a lot of steps. Most students don't do it. But when I showed them how to do it here, then we reached a tipping point in our class. Enough students did it and had images that the other one said, oh, I need to put my image in. How do I do that again? They went back, they watched it again, and they followed those directions. And now almost everybody has their picture in there. So now they're, they're part of the class more. They can see each other. And they can remember people better because there's a face connected with the name. And they got very creative with their pictures too. So it helped them present the self that they wanted to present. But it's a lot to ask a student to do that with text-only instructions. Right? Or just to ask them to do it without showing them how. So that, that sort of thing, those multi-step processes, will work really well when explained in the video. And then the second thing that I am showing here are Blackboard tools that a lot of students don't know about and are part of the course content, so they probably would not find them on their own. So after I situate them with those things, then I actually go into the course and I show them uh, what they'll be doing and where to go in our class. So right here is where I start moving into that. The first stop on our tour is the Info Desk, also known as the Syllabus and Info area of the course. Here you will find your syllabus, book information, and what to do when you start screaming at your computer. It isn't your computer's fault, it's Blackboard's, so please let the Online Learning Center help you. I only ask that you don't scream at them. So then I walk them through the different parts of the course menu so they can learn their way around the class. And this really helps people feel like they know what they're doing, that they belong there, that they know how to find things. It really makes a big difference for them. And it's open all semester long, so they can go back. If they don't remember how to do something, where to find something, they can go back in here and watch it again. And since I have it set up in Blackboard to um, let me know when people are looking at it, I can see how often it's being accessed to. Okay, and then the last little piece that I wanted to share with you as a possibility for um, using video in a class is feedback on student work. So this is, after you've been doing a lot of the other kinds of video and you're more comfortable with that, this is, is kind of the second step, for me anyway. So what I found was that by giving students feedback in video, I could say a lot more than I could when I was typing. And we get exhausted typing, right? We do a lot of typing. In an online class that's a writing class, we really do a lot of typing. So I started rotating between text comments and video comments on my assignments. That way, the video comments like a special treat that they get, but also I can go into a lot more depth 
than I could if I'm typing the comments. The other nice benefit is students are receiving them with my facial expression, with my enthusiastic voice, and they're, they're not going to see those comments as, as critical and telling them they did something wrong. And I just use a basic webcam video for this. I don't do anything fancy. I don't caption them because it's just for one student, unless that student needs captioning, of course. And I don't do second takes. I just get it done. Uh, if I have an um or an ah, that's all right, because it's like a conference I'm having with the student. So this is what those look like. Hi, Javier. What a great paper this is going to be. You have so many interesting ideas. Let me give you a few suggestions to help you shape those ideas as you move from the outline to a rough draft. Number one is your thesis. You have a very focused, specific point here. So that's my thumbs up. Thumbs up. So I try to do a lot of, um, of visuals to go along with what I'm saying. So I'll hold up the one, the two, the three. That uh, serves as markers for the students when they want to go back and re-review the feedback. It also helps me stay focused. If I remember there are three things I wanted to say and I've got my numbers in front of me, that keeps me on task as I'm discussing the things. Um, I can give them a thumbs up on video. I can show them a sample on video. I can open up our book to a certain page and say, read this again because I have a webcam. So it's much more effective than text-only comments. And to explain how that works, I also create a little how-to guide so they know where to find their feedback in video. Essay one is graded and ready for you. Before you take a look at it, please watch this short video to learn where to find what you need and what a graded essay looks like in our Blackboard course. What you learn here will help you better understand this essay and all of the other ones that will be graded this semester. I am going to walk you through what to do with my fake student account. Go to Course Grades, find the essay, and click on the title of the assignment, not the other options below it. That way, you get to see everything on one screen. I'm going to close extra windows I don't need. I'm going to minimize the course menu and then I can see my paper. Here are some buttons at the top that you should know about to make the text bigger. So what I'm doing here is just walking them through how to use the Grade Center, where to find things. Um, I use a rubric and I attach the video in um, the rubric, but it's really hard to find the rubric on this page, right? It's actually a little button right here. So if the students don't know how to look for it, they may miss all this feedback that I gave them, which I found was happening. So this video increases the chances that they're going to get all the feedback that I'm providing for them. So if you look back on your computer now, um, below these are some resources. So these are just some different kinds of videos that you could use. And then below this are some resources for actually making them. So there is a nice YouTube help area that has some videos and some text walking you through things that you would need to know for setting up a YouTube account, for captioning, for making your videos unlisted, and so on. I can show some of that to you today, but I just wanted this resource to be here for you. If you scroll underneath that, you will see um, there is some information from Blackboard on how its Video Everywhere features work. Again, I can show you that too. Screencasting is what I used to show the video of what was happening on my screen. So when I went into my courses to show them things, that was screencasting. And there are really two main ways that you can screencast. 
One of them is to use Screencast-O-Matic, my favorite name. And Screencast-O-Matic is free. Um, the pro account, I think, is $15, but most people just use the free, and it's fine. And it's an online recorder, so you don't have to download anything. You just click play, or click record, I should say, and you can record what's on your screen. You can even record picture in picture, which is that little headshot of you with your webcam, as well as the screen that you're showing people. Or if you don't want yourself in there, you can take yourself out. So that's a great starting place. This is what I used for my early screencasts, and then I wanted to be able to do more things, so I started using Camtasia. Camtasia is not free, but it can do a lot more. So the places where you saw me put in arrows, or where you saw that I had things highlighted, or I circled things, I did all that with Camtasia. When you saw the background, like the fireworks behind me, or the, um, the place I was giving the tour, which is actually the Library of Congress, I've never been there before, but I have a picture, and I have Camtasia. So what I did is use a green screen, that's right, I'm a famous Hollywood producer. I use a green screen, like this. Uh, but actually, before I bought this, I just used a green bed sheet. Worked just fine. So if you have any piece of green cloth, and it doesn't even have to be green, it just has to be a color that's nowhere near the complexion or clothing or eyes or hair of the person you're recording. Because what it does is it takes out this color when you're done recording. So if I'm doing a, a, a video of myself, and I am gesturing to things and talking to my students, and this is behind me. When I'm done, I'm gonna have a one button click that removes the, a color of my choice. So I'm gonna choose this background color, and then it's just me. I put myself on top of whatever I want, whether it's that picture of the Library of Congress, whether it's the video of the fireworks behind me, and Camtasia puts the two together. So that's, that's how I did those. It actually is a lot of fun to do, um, as long as you are willing to play around a little bit to get the lighting right, and you have something that's a solid background behind you that you can remove, then you can do green screen work too. Uh, below that is a video script template. Um, this is something that I've used in other trainings that I've done, so I thought I'd put this in here too. It's just a Word document that you could customize for yourself. What's nice about it is it's broken into two parts. So when you're creating a template, it's kind of nice if you can make a note to yourself of not just what to say, but also what you're going to be doing at that point, so that you can have the two match up. So if I have something that I've already written, I will just take that and put it in the say this area, and then I will match up what I'm going to do at that point. So if I'm doing a green screen video, and I want to be sure that I point over here, because later on, my course is going to be behind me and I'll be pointing to something. So I need to remember when I need to point and what I'm saying, and so I'll just put a little note in the do this area to make sure that I'm pointing the right way at the right time. You're ready for Hollywood. I <laughs> Do you like cocaine? <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, there's also a teleprompter, believe it or not. It's an online free program. If you cut and paste your uh, transcript into there, it will rotate it through at the speed of your choice, and it'll do it right at the top of your screen so you can read what's there just like you were famous. And then the last things in the goodie bag are places that I like to go to get those background images and that background video. So Creative Commons is a licensing system that lets you use 
the materials that are there, mostly images, and you are allowed to use them without restriction, or if there are any restrictions, they'll note them. But this is a great place to go to use images legitimately for your classes and for your videos. So if you go to Creative Commons, there's a search function, and you can search in Flickr, you can search in Wikipedia, there are different resources you can search through uh, and pick out an image that, that you want to use. Or you can take your own images and you can use those too. Is it free? Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And stock footage for free also is free. And this is the place that I like to go to find video backgrounds. So the, so the fireworks came from here. I also have some videos where I just have this color changing background. It's very subtle, it's like waves of color going behind me. And sometimes I'll do that for my background. And those are free at websites like this. There are others too, but this one has a nice collection. I'm just hoping that we get into how we could utilize this in Blackboard and okay. specifically. Well, good timing, in fact, is we're at the bottom of the tab. By the way, I've opened up a comment stream, so if you make a video and you want to share it with everybody, you can put it in here. Or if you want to ask a question or leave a comment, this will be open for us to use, too. Okay, so let's go into Blackboard. Hopefully. Are you a Blackboard or if you're logged in, go ahead and then you can see where it is because you doing it will probably, um, even though you're not shooting the video, it'll help you remember to find it later. So wherever you are in Blackboard, the video everywhere works in the same place that you would leave a text comment. So anywhere you can leave a text comment, you can leave a video. Announcements, content, discussion board, rubrics, any place that you have a text box, you'll also have video everywhere. So, if you were going to do, we'll just do an announcement because that's where we are. Uh, if you click on create announcement, this one's really slow, so I'm sure you'll beat me there. Okay, so this looks familiar, right? So normally what we would do is we would start typing in the text box, but look right above where your cursor is. That kind of looks like a webcam, right? Yeah. So if you click on that, that's where you leave video. It's going to connect to your YouTube account. So it'll ask you for your YouTube, it'll ask you to log in, it'll ask you to grant access. So the first time you use it, it'll take a couple of clicks to get set up. But then you'll have a web screen window that opens up and you can record. Then when you're done, it goes to YouTube automatically and then all you do is click insert. Still in Blackboard, you just click insert. And it'll put it right into where you are. So, and this computer is not mine, so it's not set up to do it, but this is what it looks like. Can we upload MP3, MP4 files? Yes, yes, you can do that too. I'll, when I get back to this window, I'll show you where. So I would sign into YouTube, and then all I would do is click record. I would record it, and when I'm done, I'll have the option to insert it. Browse up there takes me to all the videos I have made. So if you've already made a video on YouTube and you want to bring it in, you can go to Browse, and your complete YouTube list will be there. If you don't have a YouTube account, it's really easy to make one and link it in. Okay, so while you're in here, you can insert an attachment, which I think a lot of people know about. You can insert a file, and then here you can insert or embed media. If you have an embed code from somewhere like, say, Animoto, then you, you embed that with the HTML button over here. 
So there are, there's a lot of functionality in here that most of us don't really notice, but they're there. That bottom bar is where you can do a lot of that embedding. All right, and then let me take you out to YouTube as well. Can I ask you a quick question? Yes. You said in any text box. Any so text box. Is it croc, croc, what's it called? Crocodoc. Mm -hmm. Can you show me where to do that there and also discussion boards? Yes. Okay, so let's, so if you're going to the discussion board, we'll do that one first.
might fake into the account as well. Uh, but I wanted to show you a couple things. If you click on upload in YouTube, YouTube is always changing the way that their, their site is set up. So this may be outdated as of next week. But if you, there we go. If you click into YouTube, you can actually record a video right from within YouTube if you wanted to. So all you do is you click record, and then you can do your video, and you can put your captions in, and you could access that from within Blackboard also. Because remember, when we looked at that window, there was an option to browse. So if you record something straight from YouTube, let's say you're not in Blackboard, you are on the go somewhere, you can actually record a video, and it'll be waiting there for you next time you go into Blackboard. How, how do you make it unlisted? Okay, so how do you make it unlisted? It is, let's say, let's just, I'm gonna go ahead and just make one, just for fun, and then I can show you. Okay, everybody ready? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I said we, didn't I? <laughs> okay, here we go.
the captioning details, but let me show you where you can actually do the captioning. I'm going to save those changes. Could they repost it on YouTube themselves? No, because you are sharing it with them, but it is private. But they could capture it on their screen. That's true. They could do a screen capture. They could record what's on their screen. Yes, but that would be a lot of work. Okay, so under here, edit. See my video is here? You can see some other ones here as well. So under edit, all you do is go to subtitles and post captioning. You select your language. You only have to do that once usually. There's our video. And to add in the titles, subtitles, you can either upload a file, or what I do is I do the transcribe. All I do is copy and paste whatever my transcript has into here, and it will sync it up with my voice. It does a beautiful job of it, too. So it takes maybe a minute or two after you ask it to set the timings, and then you can play it and make sure that those timings are correct. If you missed a few words, you can go in there and, and type in the changes. I think we need a workshop for doing all this stuff. Several, I could do several I, workshops. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. Have you tried? Would anybody one? like to bring my papers for me so that I have time to do workshops? Yeah. Because I would love, I would love to do this. Have you played with iTunes at all? Uh, no. Um, I don't. You could use iTunes, um, but I like to keep everything in my Blackboard class for my students. So, um, and YouTube works with Blackboard, so that's my. That's I my time. iTunes is not easy to use. <laughs> it's, it's pretty tough. Whoops. So if I do this, and then I click set, in, set timings, it'll take a minute, and then it'll let me know when it's done, and then if I need to change the wording, I can do that. And then when I'm ready, it's, if, if I started recording in Blackboard, it's already there for me. If not, I just need to grab the embed code, which is right here. Oops. So if I go to video, under share, okay, oops. It's a mind of its own. Okay, so there's our video. It looks good, huh? Look at us. Mm -hmm. So um, all you do is you click on share. And then you have the, the uh, address if you wanted to share that, or if you want to embed, you just click on embed, you copy that code, and you can put it anywhere you want to. Put it on a website, you put it in Blackboard. But again, if you recorded it from Blackboard, you don't even have to do this. It's already there. Okay, sorry. Where was the video manager? I lost you. So if, when you're in YouTube, mm -hmm. if you click on up here under Creator Studio, then you can get behind the scenes to all these things. Uh -oh. And that's where this, the, the Creative Studio menu comes up. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I learned the hard way. I would have loved it if somebody wanted to do this. Uh, but there, yeah, there's a lot you can do with video. But once you, once you get started and decide where you want to use it, you'll know what your needs are. Um, I actually do a one-day Camtasia workshop to show people how to do all those bells and whistles. Um, if I had time, I would love to do it for our college. It's, it's a hands-on where you can actually make a video, and I put the green screen up, and people do their green screen cards, and then we take those out, and put other backgrounds in. It's really fun. Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, 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 I,
to buy it? I mean, how much does it cost? We don't have a good question. Camtasia, I'm actually going to show you that up here. Camtasia is available. Okay, it's a one-time fee. It's available here in the staff development area, and you can use it for free in there. But C-A-M-R-E-C? Um, it saves it as its own file format, 
Um, but there are two different ways it saves. One, it saves the media clips that you make, and the other one, it saves the project. So the project is, is a Camtasia document, Camtasia file. The media clips are still media clips, so you can move them around. So I, I guess ideally you would have a, a Camtasia or a, a Camtasia Oh, you mean for when the students do it? Oh, no, actually, that's a really good question. Whichever one you would use, once you save it and put it in YouTube, it's universal. So they won't know which one you used. It's just for your production. It's just based on the, the computer you're using when you make it. What about the application Snag, also, which is sold through Camtasia? Snagit and also Jing, those are both really great tools. Um, Snagit, you can record video with, shorter videos. So, the, and that one's a lot less expensive. I think it's around $50, I want to say, um, for, the, for the studio. Yeah, they bundle them. Mm -hmm. And then Jing is what I've used to make most of the, the image shots here. Jing is uh, free, and it's really easy to use. It's made by the same people. So yeah, TechSmith is a great company. Tracy, you say you do a lot of typing. Do you use a dictation software? I, do, um, I have a Mac at home, and so I will use this built-in dictation. Um, and it's fairly accurate. I've kind of trained it to my voice. Uh, so yeah, we'll, I'll try to alternate between typing something and then speaking it and going back in.